Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's official, we think. Jim Harbaugh will return as Michigan football coach. We will discuss that and more next on this week's episode of Michigan podcast. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Let's see for Wait for it. Yes, It's terrific. Frozen, and a touchdown night again. Schultz, just before Brazil got him, and a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle, caught by Kohler at the five on his feet, touchdown Michigan. On his way. He's 5'7", 179 pounds, a junior at Michigan. But Jamie Morris packs a wallop, and he delivers for Bo Schindler. And here's your first play. Pressure coming, sack. It is Glenn Steele, number 81, who fought his way through the traffic. Option. And Robinson calls his own number, and he's going to score. Oh, an easy touchdown for Robinson and Michigan. win the championship again because we're going to play as a team and when we play as a team and the old season is over you and I know it's going to be Michigan again Michigan. Go Blue, I'm Steve Dace. Welcome to this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. Coming up a little bit later on in the program, a little reconciliation. We do this every single year. We look back at my college football preview that I put out each and every summer. And we look back, which is really a forecast more than a preview. It's my forecast of how I think the upcoming season will unfold and conclude. And we'll go back and see how those predictions did and let Mark Rogers return here in the 10-minute war and give me a grade for this year's forecast. That's coming up in the next segment of the show. But first, Jim Harbaugh will return. Yes, he announced yesterday that he is coming back to resume his happy mission as Michigan football coach, letting President Santa Ono know, who then let the world know, not letting his direct supervisor, the athletics director at Michigan, Ward Manuel, his former college teammate know, who found out from the president And we know that because the president told us that's how he found out. 
Now, more on that in a moment and what that may mean. But keep in mind, I, I, listen, I, I think he's back. I think he's back. Just going to say, though, two Fridays ago, he put out a statement. I intend to be the coach at Michigan. I expect to be the coach at Michigan. On Monday afternoon, 48 hours later, um, he was interviewing for two hours via Zoom with the Broncos. So now Adam Schefter is reporting that Jimmy called the Broncos to formally remove his name from consideration. So this time we're going to assume he means it. He will be back as the football coach at Michigan, even though this would be like the fourth or fifth time he told us. And so hopefully this one counts. Here's how we'll know. We need to see the contract. It's not done yet. We need to see the buyout because that's what's going to fix recruiting more than anything else. And along with the NIL situation at Michigan, which I think is in uh, in the process of being fixed bigly. But the negative recruiting will continue until morale improves. And morale will not improve until we see a buyout with some teeth that shows a level of commitment. You look at a buyout, I know I said last week on the show I'd make it $50 million, but you know, let's be a little less tongue-in-cheek. Let's say it's in the 8 to $10 million range. Well, now if you're an NFL team a year from now, yeah, he has another great year, probably loses a lot of talent. Maybe you're thinking that's our year to go get Harbaugh and pluck him from the NFL. First of all, they don't hire a lot of 60-year-old coaches in the NFL today, although if you look at the way some of these young guns have been coaching in these playoffs, looking at you, Brandon Staley, might not be a bad idea. Anyway, uh, you're looking at a 60-year-old coach, then you're looking at, you know, a $10 million buyout on top of a $15 million a year deal. You know, that's a pretty hefty investment that will certainly scare some people off. So the buyout is the thing in which we will catch the conscience of the king. There must be a buyout here that sends a clear signal to the 24 and 25 recruiting classes that Jim Harbaugh does intend for the most part, given his age, to more than likely end his coaching career at his alma mater, the University of Michigan. So that is the thing to watch moving forward. At least this year's Harbaugh drama didn't last as long as the last two years did. And in Jimmy's defense, the one two years ago wasn't his fault. Well, actually, no, it kind of was because he sucked. And that's why we had uh, the NFL watch, because Michigan was fine if he found an NFL job rather than return. He did not, so they brought him back. Gave him quite the haircut with uh, a big reduction in salary. And then, of course, next year, gave him a big raise. He flirted with the NFL, interviewed with the Vikings on National Signing Day, said, I'll never do it again, and then, of course, did it again. But here we are again, but we think it's over again. Did you follow all of that? (laughs) (laughs) The other subplot to keep in mind here. I used to cover sports for a living full-time. I have been a full-time sports fan for as long as I can remember, man, elementary school. I don't ever recall an athletics director finding out from the school president that the head football coach is returning. I've just never heard of that. And if it's happened, I promise you a school president has never told us this. But Michigan's new university president, Santa Ono, did tell us that yesterday in a tweeted statement. Hey, I just got off the phone with Jim Harbaugh. Let me know. He's going to be back coaching the Michigan Wolverines. And I informed Ward Manuel of this decision. So keep in mind, these guys were college teammates. They've 
negotiated and renegotiated several contracts with one another. And maybe that's the issue. I mean, it kind of seems to me, especially when you throw in the Eric Backich situation, the John Beeline situation, I was just at Michigan Stadium in a luxury box in a suite, still couldn't get a Wi-Fi signal to save my life. I mean, when the football coach successfully goes over your head, and remember a couple weeks ago when they put out the statements, Harbaugh and Santa Anno put out the statements, nothing from Ward Manuel again. I think think Zach Shaw at 24-7 Sports said that Ward Manuel has not faced questions from the media in a press conference about the direction overall of the athletic department in four years. I don't know, man. Kind of feels to me like Ward Manuel might want to make sure his resume is updated, that that might not be a a much longer-term relationship, given the way that this has gone. Because it's not like Santano, Santano did anything to dispel notions of a power struggle between Jim Harbaugh and Ward Manuel. And it's pretty clear, given the way this announcement came down yesterday, that it's at least implied Jimmy won that one, should it actually exist. So that is a subplot to watch for the future. Also, something to watch for the future. Michigan may look like a national title game or bust team in 2023, given everybody coming back along with the head coach. But that's something we'll talk about a little bit more in depth on next week's episode. When we return, we'll get Mark Rogers' thoughts on Jimmy's return again, 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 And then we'll look back on my college football forecast for 2022. How bad did I suck this year? We'll find out next. Well, he's back again. He was under the weather a week ago, and now he has returned. Our good friend Mark Rogers, perhaps the world's one and only reasonable Bucknut joins us to resume our 10-minute war here on Michigan Podcast. Don't forget to check out Mark's outstanding college football channel right here on YouTube, which is really, especially, you want to watch it year-round, but especially during the off-season is when you get news that might keep you ahead of some very profitable markets moving forward. Uh, so, Mark, good to see you again, my friend. Hope you had a great holiday season. You're feeling better. How you been? Steve, I appreciate it. Uh, I think uh, the numbers 42 and 41 will forever send me mm. under the web. I think maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. You surprised C.J. Stroud took his decision down to the last minute only to then turn around and go pro? Uh, no and no, but uh, I do understand the surprise of some. Uh, why it was taking that long, of course, there was a big NIL effort made by the Ohio State University, but I never really gave it a serious thought. Once I talked to some people that are closer to the situation than myself, I never really gave it a serious thought. But there had to be some level of curiosity as to, okay, we're not talking about a fourth-round selection trying to make that that decision. We're talking about a guy that's a slam dunk, top five to ten pick. So there must be something to this effort, and he's giving it some consideration. I mean, I, to, in my opinion, the two best NFL draft tapes that college quarterbacks assembled this year, Bryce Young against Alabama in a game his team lost. I mean, he just – that was Bryce Young versus the the world, the entire state of Tennessee, the stadium, the programs. I mean, he nearly won that damn game by himself. Uh, and then, uh, your, you know, your guy's game against Georgia. I mean, if, if I'm an NFL team – and that's what I wanted to see out of C.J. Stroud. I, I always knew – very talented arm talent guy, 
reminds me a little bit of Jared Goff from my Lions. If the team around him very is a very good, the ball placement will be elite, but the team around him has to be good, right? Okay. And of course, if you're drafting in the top five, chances are the team around him not going to be good. But I thought that was the first time in his two years at Ohio State that I saw him nearly will his team to win and just let it hang out and go all in. In fact, I thought it was one of the best performances by an Ohio, by an Ohio State quarterback I have seen in my life. So I can understand why a guy might think, all right, I did that against the defending national and current reigning national champions. That might be the tape that I want to kind of go out on. I can't blame a guy for that whatsoever. So let's look back. We're going to have all the rest of this offseason to look ahead. Well, quick, let me do this too. Jim Harbaugh returning again, again, again. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had kind of the same reaction at the top of the show too, but your thoughts. Okay, Jim. Uh, just please watch what you say in the future, or maybe it doesn't matter. You know, I've got all this advice for the way Jim Harbaugh should be conducting his career, but he yeah. flies in the face of all of it, and yeah. he still can get away with whatever he needs to get away with. So I, I guess the leverage ploy was what this was, a lot of it was about. I, I think he legitimately continues to have interest in the NFL, so I don't think he's just doing that just to to, to gain leverage with Michigan. But in the meantime, might as well, might as well gain leverage with what he wants his program to look like going forward at Michigan. And it appears as though he was able to get um, some of those things that uh, he, I think we all believe, if you understand the, the current landscape and future landscape of college football, is required to have a legitimate shot to win a national championship. And so he wanted those things and he got them. And again, my first initial response is, okay, I I need to advise Jim Harbaugh on all these things and how to handle the media or stay away from the media during these situations, but it doesn't come back to burn him regardless. So kudos to him. You are a grizzled veteran covering the greatest sport on earth, Mark, college football. Have you ever heard of a head coach picking up the phone and calling the university president, not the AD, to inform him of his return, and then the AD informing the AD, or I'm sorry, the school president informing the AD, and we know this because he then tweeted out, I called athletic director Ward Manuel to let him know Jim will be returning. Have you ever seen anything like that ever in your career? And do you agree with me in what I said a few minutes ago? Ward Manuel may want to consider just having an updated resume handy. Well, he may want to go to that next step to be yeah ready to be marketable, not just for the fact that that's what actually happened, which is bad enough, but that it was then communicated that that's what happened. Mm-hmm. So we not only are going through the wrong channels uh, of the way things are typically done and bypassing a person that's supposed to be in play and the boss of Jim Harbaugh, but we are also then going to represent it that way on social media, and we right. don't we don't care. We're not going to protect Ward Manuel. We're going to make him look like the insignificant figure that he apparently is there. There you go. Well, let's speaking of insignificance, let's go back and take a look at my annual college football forecast that I release every July. And for people that are new around here, remember. This is a preview in name only. It's really a forecast of how I think the season's going to go. And really the linchpin of my preview every year are my crystal ball top 25 predictions for the season. So I thought we'd quickly go through these. I'll let you be the judge. I love to do reconciliation, you know, accountability. I'm a big believer in it. All right. And you can give me a half point, 
no points or a full point as we go through these 25. Now, I've not looked at these since like August, so I don't even know how many of them I remember. So I may be laughing at myself or cutting myself. We shall see. Mark, you ready to go? I am ready to go. I will tell you real quick, Steve, that that what I like about this and what I reckon it to is when I used to know basically every NFL and Major League Baseball stat in history and people used to like to quiz me on that. Mm -hmm. I took more uh, I took more pride in not necessarily just knowing by memory the statistics, but by figuring things out. Like if somebody said, name all the guys that have hit 300 with 25 steals and 25 home runs and not knowing what that is, but being able to figure it out. What I appreciate about what you've done here, even when you've missed it, technically missed it, you were channeled in the right direction. Okay. Well, let's find out. Number one, for the first time ever, and maybe in a preview of what's to come in the future era of college football, all four bids to the college football playoff will come from just two leagues, the SEC and the Big Ten. So I, I think I might get a half a point there, right? I had two Big we Ten teams in the playoff. Absolutely, Steve. So this is exactly what I'm talking about. If anything, the spirit of this was right where you were. Mm -hmm. uh, a number of things could have happened concerning Alabama and Tennessee to usher them or LSU to usher them into a playoff spot alongside Georgia. The SEC still the best conference in the Big Ten. You had the Big Two making it. So from a, again, you were right on target on this one. Technically missed it, half point. All right, so a half point so far. Number two, that also means for the first time ever, two teams that didn't win their own conference will receive bids to the college football playoff. I completely forgot I made that prediction. That happened. Neither TCU nor Ohio State made their won their conference and both made the playoff. So there's a full point there, Mark. So you nailed it there. Uh, we all thought that those non-conference champions would come from the SEC and the Big Ten. Who in mm -hmm. the world would have thought, okay, number one, TCU is going to the college football playoff. Number two, they're going to do it without winning, winning the, the Big, Big 12. 12. Right, right. Kind of an odd, odd way to get there, but it worked. Number three, there will be no undefeated teams in the FBS this season. There were actually uh, a couple. Uh, of course, Michigan and Georgia both finished undefeated at the end of the regular season, so that didn't work itself out. Okay, so you're going for just the regular season, yes. so you missed it twice. Yeah. I was thinking Georgia was the only slip up there. So I'm going to deny you the point out of the honesty that you came forthright on the, on the season-long prediction start to finish. Because otherwise, you know, it's only one out of 131 that sure. made it all, sure. all the way. All right, number four. Three of the Power Five Conference Championship games will feature a head coach in his first year at the school. So Sonny Dykes at TCU, first year, right? Lincoln Riley at USC, first year, right? Okay, so then you had Mac Brown, Dabo Sweeney. No, not the first year there. Um, you would have had in the SEC, you would have had Brian Kelly in his first year. So yeah, that turned out to be true. I nailed that one too. That's well, the, well, this is where crafting the, the question and the prediction worked out for you i believe mm -hmm. I, I i i'm thinking brent venables was a possible selection yeah, there i was thinking of him yeah. when i made the pick but yeah but i didn't name him so i'm taking the point 
Exactly. You take the point. Yeah. You got it. That's why I say you, you did well in crafting the question. All right. So that's two. That's two and a half. Right. So far, this is actually a pretty good start. All right. Keep in mind, these are all written in July. <clears throat> Number five, after they each saw their FBS conference championship streaks halted in 2021, both Oklahoma and Clemson will win their respective conferences in 2022. Well, I get a half there. Right. Because I got Clemson. Clear. Correct. Yep. <clears throat> Pardon me. Sorry. So that puts me up to three. All right. Number six. Cincinnati will go from being the first group of five team to make the college football playoff to not even making its conference championship game. That almost happened, actually. They did make the game, but then lost uh, because Central Florida somehow lost to Navy at home, if I remember right. And that let Cincinnati get into the uh, the uh, AAC conference championship game. So that one did not happen. Number seven. Ryan Day will leave after, leave Ohio State after the season to take over the re, for retiring Andy Reid as head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. He will then be replaced by Cincinnati's Luke Fickle, who, of course, is now, as you know, Mark, with the Wisconsin Badgers. But do you think there's any chance, if Andy Reid steps aside, that Ryan Day would take that job? Well, we're obviously going to have to hold out on this one, but this was by far your boldest prediction. Mm-hmm. This it had another number of intricacies involved, and it seemed outlandish to me. But it's still out there; it's still in play. But I am not expecting that in any such way to happen. But it could. Okay. All right. So three right, dude. If I can get like four or five of these in a year, I, I mean that's pretty good. Air Force will become the first service academy team to qualify for a prestigious New Year Six bowl bid. That did not happen, Mark. But to your point, that when I was wrong, I was often in the ballpark. Here's what did happen. There were only three teams this year in college football that Las Vegas favored in every game. Do you know who they are? Or I'm sorry, two teams that Las Vegas favored in every game. Do you know who they are? One of them's obvious. Georgia. Georgia. You know who the other one was? Air Force. Vegas favored Air Force in every game this year. Georgia and Air Force were the only two teams to be favored in all 12 regular season games. You know, I wanted to backtrack on one of these, Steve. You got to give yourself another point or another half point, depending on how you counted this. The American Conference Championship game was played between Tulane and UCF. Oh, UCF so, did make it, so I was wrong. So that's a full point then. Okay. Yeah. So we're at four points then. Wow. All right. Why did I think UCF lost to Navy, and that's what let Cincinnati in there? Okay. But all right. All right. All right. So four points is what I have. Okay. That's. This is off to a pretty good start. Number nine. This one did not go well. Minnesota will end the longest Rose Bowl drought among charter Big Ten members and be invited to Pasadena for the first time in 60 years. So I I was thinking this because I thought Michigan and Ohio State both make the playoff. Uh, The Rose Bowl takes the next team, which is Minnesota, who I thought was going to be, you know, uh, like a 10 win Big Ten West team that didn't work out. Yeah, they were a couple spots away from from having that distinction. But you can look at it this way. Purdue won the West. Minnesota had the same overall record as Purdue. Uh, so they they were right there and won yeah. a bowl game to finish at nine and four. So it's not like Minnesota was that far sure. out of yeah. the realm. So it wasn't completely crazy. I haven't, I haven't been crazy yet. All right, let's keep it going. Number 10. After losing four games in a season only once between 1969 and 2001, Nebraska will lose at least four games for the 19th consecutive season. But Scott Frost will win enough games this season to keep his job. So I thought they'd go six and six and he'd keep his job. That didn't happen, but the losing streak or the streak of four loss or more seasons continued. So I'm getting, do I get a half point there? What do you think, Judge? 
Well, you certainly get the half point because technically it's correct that uh, you predicted uh, Nebraska's record and that they would continue to lose that many games. Uh, it's funny that you take the guy that was the hottest seat in America and you thought he was going to survive. You know me. I like the contrarian play because that's usually where the money and the value is. All right. Uh, so that's that's five or four and a half. Four and a half I have right so far. Number 11, Auburn will lose at least four games for the 15th time in 17 years and will fire coach Brian Harson and replace him with Liberty's Hugh Freeze. Bow down, America! Give yourself some bonus points. I freaking points nailed that one. I stuck, The East German judge gave me a 6.0 retroactively to 1987 for this one right here, Mark. I called that poop in July, brother. Step yeah, back. Yeah, I think you get a bonus point there somewhere. You've got three predictions in one and you nailed them all. All right, you want to give me a bonus? I will take it. That gives me six. Recognize. All right. Number 12, Mike Leach will lead Mississippi State to just its third top 15 finish in the AP poll since 1981. Now, of course, he passed away. I'm trying to think, where did where were they ranked in the final AP poll? I don't think they made the top 15. They were ranked in the AP poll, though, after not being in the preseason. They finished 20th. Yeah. Okay, so they were in the final AP poll after not being in the ranked in the preseason. Because I was higher on them than the market, but they didn't finish as high as I had as I had thought. And I was right there with you. I had a nine and three regular season. They went eight and four, win the bowl game, go nine and four. So they're in the fringe of the top fifteen in the nation. The the reason I give you a a, a bit of a disclaimer there as well, some cushion, is that I hate to try to predict what other people are going to rank teams. Hmm. So could they at nine and four as an SEC team be ranked in the top fifteen in the nation? They could. Um, so, so they're they're on the cusp of that, but technically you missed it. So I'm going half point okay. on that one. Half a point. All right. So that's six and a half. Number thirteen. Both Vanderbilt and Duke will fail to win a single conference game this season somewhere. Somewhere, um, and his name escapes me. Uh, first of all, Vandy nearly made a bowl game. Duke, Duke, I think won eight games under its first year coach. Yes. Um, who you know. If he does that again, will be a hot name in the coaching carousel, you know, next winter. So that one was not even close. That one wasn't even close. Duke impressed me so much. They didn't get blown out one game this season. I know. Every within one score, all four losses, nine and four season, played really competitive football. He Mike Elko was exceptional this Future year. Future star, no question about that. Number 14, NC State will have just its second double-digit win season in school history and finish in the top 10 of the AP poll for the first time ever. That did not happen. I mean, would they would they start three, four different quarterbacks this year? I mean, they still had a, you know, by their program's historic standards, a pretty good season, but they did not have the all-time breakthrough season that I forecasted, so that's a miss. Yeah, they look like they were on their way. Devin Leary gets hurt. They they shuffle around two, three other quarterbacks, finish eight and five. But uh, that was actually what I thought was one of your safer predictions. So but did not I thought the same move. thing at the time in July. So who knows? Yeah, that's why they play the games. Number 15, perhaps no player will raise their NFL draft status more than Stanford quarterback Tanner McKee, who will set the Cardinal season passing record. So that did not happen. But. Pro Football Focus actually has him rated as a first-round pick at quarterback, so I, I doubt that will happen. But I think right now you've got to give me a miss on this one. I'm going to go complete miss on this one, although you had a better read on what guys are being uh, projected to be as NFL quarterbacks. I know that a lot of guys were high on him. I'm not a big NFL draft guy until that weekend, 
So I don't know where he was, but certainly did not set the Stanford passing record. My team total talent ratings, the one team it missed the most on, is it really forecasted an up year for Stanford? And that obviously did not happen. And the David Shaw era is at an end. All right, next up, number 16, Troy linebacker Carlton Marshall will set the all-time college football career record for tackles. He needs 104 more. That absolutely did happen. Bam. So that's seven and a half I've gotten right so far. Number 17, for the first time ever, Wisconsin will fail to make the Big Ten championship game for a third consecutive season. Mark, that happened. That's eight and and a half I've gotten correct so far, man. Good selection there, and not that Wisconsin could not have won the Big Ten West, but I think this was one of your safer selections. You went with the field against Wisconsin. Number 18, the Heisman Trophy finalist will be in alphabetical order. This didn't turn out good. Will Anderson, no. Travion Henderson, barely played. C.J. Stroud, yes. Bryce Young, I don't think he was a finalist, actually, was he? Um, so I had all four guys coming from the same two teams. Yeah. And I only got one out of four. Uh, so that one, that didn't turn out well. Number 19, Bryce Young will become the first two-time winner of the Heisman Trophy since Archer Griffin 50 years ago. That one was a miss. Although you could argue, given that he didn't have Jamison Williams just to throw the ball as far as he could to, he might've been better this season actually than he was last year. Uh, but and that's one of the big reasons why I do not make predictions based on what other people select. By the way, a little trivia. Do you know why his name, Jamison Williams' name, is spelled J-A-M-E-S-O-N? Do you know why? He's a I former don't. Buckeye. Do you know why? Because his, his name literally means James' son. His dad's name is James William. So it's Jameson, son, and it's spelled that way because he literally, it literally means James' son. That's why it's spelled that way. So. A little fun fact, you'll sleep well tonight, America, knowing that one. All right, let's continue number uh, number 20. The results of the top five September non-conference games will be Ohio State over Notre Dame, Alabama over Texas, Texas A&M over Miami, Georgia over Oregon, Nebraska over Oklahoma. I got four of those five correct. Is that good enough for any points, according to you, Mark? Yeah, I think that's a half point right okay. there. Technically 80%, but um, you went on the limb once and uh, paid for it. But um, you went with chalk otherwise, so it's reasonable. One half. You know, point. for me, going up with chalk is going out on a limb. You know, I don't like to do that. So, but all right, so that brings me to eight, which is like one of my best years ever. Number 21, Iowa, Pittsburgh, and Wake Forest will start the season in the AP Top 25, but won't finish there. So I know Iowa didn't finish there. Did Pittsburgh end up finishing in the top 25? Aaron, can you clarify that? Uh, I'm looking right now. Uh, They did. All right. Iowa didn't start in the top 25. Yeah. It must have just snuck in. They went nine and four. When they beat UCLA. What about Wake Forest? Did they finish there? Let me look here. Eight and five. No. No. Okay. So I got two out of those three right. What do you think? That's a half. Half point. Okay. All right. So that brings me to nine overall. Number 22, Central Florida, Air Force, and Mississippi State won't start the season in the AP Top 25, but will finish there. So did those three teams all finish in the Top 25, Aaron? We're not a three. Air Force, no. Air Force with 10 wins did not finish in there. Okay. All right, so Mississippi State was the only one I got right, so no points there then Well, for one out of three. All right, so that still puts me at eight and a half. Number 23, the following first-year coaches will lead their team to bowl games this season. Mario Cristobal at Miami, no. Kalen DeBoer, Washington, yes. 
Uh, Michael De- Desmoreau at Louisiana, yes. Sonny Dykes at TCU, yes. Tony Elliott, Virginia, no. Marcus Freeman, Notre Dame, yes. Brian Kelly, LSU, yes. Dan Lanning, Oregon, yes. Rhett Lashley at SMU, yes. Billy Napier at Florida, yes. Lincoln Riley at USC, yes. Jeff Tedford at Fresno State, yes. I only missed two of those. That's got to be at least a half a point. Yeah, it's 11 out of 13, but you put yourself out there for, uh, you know, having to complete the entire answer. So a half point. All right. That brings me, am I at nine now? That's a hell of a number, man, by the way. I mean, that is a hell of a number, nine. All right. Next up, let's wrap it up. Were you going to say something there, Mark, really quick? No, you're good. All right. Number 24, liquidate these teams that will win at least two fewer games than they did last season. Arizona State, check. Cincinnati, not counting bowl games, by the way. Cincinnati, check. Coastal Carolina, check. Louisiana, check. Michigan State, check. Nevada, check. Pittsburgh, check. San Diego State, no. Utah State, check. UTSA, check. Wyoming, check. That's pretty good, dude, right there, man. I should have bet all those win totals is what I should have done. That's pretty good right yeah, there. It really was. Uh, nice job. That's a full point. You missed one out of like 11 or 12, hmm. so... That's a full point. All right, that gets me to 10. This is going to be like the best crystal ball I've ever done, like in my life. All right, number 25, invest in these teams that will win at least two more games than they did last year. Miami, no. Mississippi State, check. Nebraska, no. North Carolina, check. Stanford, no. Texas, no. Right? Then they Wait, wait. no check, because they went five and seven, eight and four. So, yeah. Yep. Toledo, check. USC, check. Washington, check. So I missed Miami and Nebraska out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So I got seven out of those nine. Half point. That's ten and a half, Mark, out of twenty-five predictions, man. That's friggin' good, dude. I mean, yeah. for that's pretty good, man. I, I I should retire. I should never do the crystal ball mark ever again. I guarantee you, I will never do better than that the rest of my life. That's incredible that I got that many right. True of those predictions. Yeah, that is pretty damn good, I got to admit. And I love the creativity involved in the predictions. I, I look forward to looking and reviewing these each and every season and poking holes in them. But, uh, yeah, you carry those through pretty well. All right, good stuff, my friend. Any final thoughts before we let you go? Uh, are we going to be talking about Harbaugh at this time next year, about the same NFL jobs that, you know, the three worst teams in the league? Well, it, I think it comes down to, as I said a few minutes ago before you came on, let's see what the buyout looks like. Let's see if the buyout has some teeth. Let's say, let's say it's eight to ten million. Now you're dealing with a sixty-year-old coach, and they don't hire sixty-year-old coaches in the NFL these days anyway. But a year from now, when you got all these guys coming back, you're going to lose a lot of these guys heading into twenty-four. Going to be kind of rebuild, rebuilding, you know, by Michigan standards, you know. So you're looking at probably like an eight and four, nine and three, twenty-four team with that much youth, and you know, but he'll be sixty. So you're going to hire a 60-year-old coach, 12 to $15 million a year, and $10 million out of your own pocket. So the, f- so the first year, a 60-year-old coach for, say, $25 million? I don't know that there's much of a market for that a year from now, Mark. Do you think there is? I don't know that there is. I agree with your thought process. I don't know if Jim Harbaugh does. Yeah, I, I he, think- but, but he may not, but the interest has to go the other way. But the, that's, that's why I want to see what the buyout is, because that also tells me what Jimmy is thinking. 
right? That tells me that tells you what Jimmy is thinking as well. So what what's the buyout here? And I and and you know they don't have a deal done yet. That'll be done in the next few weeks, and then the buyout will come out. You know, just two years ago that Jimmy had a lower buyout than the Louisiana Tech coach after the 2020 season. So let's see let's see what the buyout looks like, and I think that's going to answer a lot of questions about whether we have to do the as the Harbaugh turns telethon. 12 months from now again. So good to see you as always, my friend. Take care. Thank you, Steve. You bet. Back in a moment. Thanks, Mark. Have a good one. Hey, Aaron. See Appreciate ya. it. Holy cow, dude. I freaking crushed that. You did? That's like the best crystal ball I I wasn't, I've ever had. I wasn't sure if you had crushed that. I, I don't know. You didn't really make that clear while we were recording the segment. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified that. This week's Twitter poll results, we asked you, do you approve of the job Ward Manuel has done overall at Michigan as athletic director? And this one was nip and tuck. Not so much. 75% of you or 76% of you, I even underestimated it. 76% of you said no. 24% of you said yes. So... I don't know if Santa Anno reads polling, but uh, if we're making a move here... Looks like the masses would certainly be in favor of it. Doesn't mean they're right, but it does seem to be what they think. That brings us to our feedback of the week. Let's talk a little Michigan basketball because we don't hate ourselves enough. N. Jankowski, 81, writes, I love Juwan Howard, but this team isn't built the same way as before. It's been a slow decay the last couple of years. I didn't watch one second of the Iowa game. So that's a plus for me. That was a tough watch. It's it's hard to lose a game by nine, not on the road at Iowa. I mean, that's, you know, it's a consistent top 30, top 40 program in college basketball. Uh, Carver Hawkeye is not an easy place to play. Almost none of the gyms in the Big Ten are an easy place to play. So losing by nine on the road at Carver Hawkeye certainly is not an insult. Losing by nine in any game, though, that went to overtime is, period. I mean, it, it, you have to El Foldo, Okay. I mean, you've got to you've got to lay down like the Wi-Fi at the big house to lose by nine in overtime. You have to. And then you look at the last couple of minutes, how they just completely gave that game away. That was a tough watch. And, And they've done this now several times. Did it against Virginia, did it against North Carolina, did it against Kentucky, did it against Iowa. By the way, those are all potential quad one wins that Michigan could use about 60 days from today. Because do you know how many quad one wins Michigan has right now? Well, it's a really low number. Yeah, that one. So we're going to do everything we can possibly do to milk football for as long as we possibly can here on this program before turning the page to basketball. And that may never happen uh, unless they uh, they play well enough to make us want to do that, which is a shame. I, I, love, I love hoops. I love Juwan. I love Hunter. But the team is soft and needs a more uh, experienced point guard. This is the second year in a row that we are trying to figure out the point guard position on the fly. I wish Jawan loved recruiting point guards like he does power forwards. That'll do it for this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. Don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, five-star review, uh, follow, 
uh, you know, all the great things that you can click on and do to help us find more Michigan sports fans just like you to keep growing our channel here on YouTube and our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and more. Thanks to all of you that have done all those things for us. We appreciate each and every one. Don't forget to also follow us on Twitter at Michigan Podcast in between episodes to keep up to date on what we think about all things maize and blue. Until the next time, right here, I'm Steve Dace. Go Blue. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.